key points that I'll write down, or I'll, sometimes I even take screenshots on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like just like I didn't know he was seventy. For some reason, I thought like, "Fuck this guy," he was cut down in his like you know early, and it's like that seventy's not ancient, but it was like I thought it was more of like a. <gasps> You know, in his fifties. You know what I mean? One of those deals. Yeah, I mean, shit. He was when it's when it's when the headline was like Paul Rubens passed away, or you know, has died at age seventy. You're like, holy shit. He's (laughs) seventy. Yeah, and then you you've because like Pee Wee is such a kind of forever youthful person, or you know. Yeah, yeah, the persona. Yeah, and he the motherfucker looks super young still. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he dyed his hair, but I mean, he because he made that one in 2016, the Netflix one, yeah, yeah. And dude, my kids loved it. Oh, really? And he still looked the oh. same fucking oh. age, just maybe on a couple close-ups, he looked like you know maybe a little crow's feet and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for the most part, maybe ten years, it looked like ten years older, but not seventies. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Um, so let's jump into the episode. Yeah. Let's do this. Ah, uh, let's do this. I know you are, but what am I? With his sassy one-liners, signature gray suit and red bow tie, and infectious laugh, actor Paul Rubens turned his character, Pee Wee Herman, into a pop culture icon. He was adored by young and old alike for his kind heart and playful expressions. That's my name, don't wear it out. Born in upstate New York, Rubens honed his acting skills as a member of the L.A. improv troupe, The Groundlings. A Pee-wee HBO special and guest appearances on NBC's Late Night with David Letterman led to his first big break, the hit 1985 film Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I meant to do that. It was followed by his Saturday morning TV show Pee-wee's Playhouse, which ran for five seasons and won 15 Emmys. I'm proud of that show, and uh, we took it very seriously that we were affecting young minds, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that uh, a whole new generation of kids may find it now. Your move, creep. Your move, creep. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Flying saucers, which are really, yeah, you got it, time machines. I think a lot about this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff. (laughs) You think this is the real Quaid? It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. All right, welcome everybody. Welcome to another episode of Terror Tinos. My name is Mike Morales, and uh, like always, I'm here with... Recovering addict Angel Delio, addicted to life, bro. Uh, we should uh, we should mention that you know the reason why we have taken a break is because the, uh, Angel, you went through some kind of uh, an issue, a medical issue, you, you, and so I wanted to at least give you some room to like recover. I appreciate that. How how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling way better. My uh, staycation in the hospital it kind of put me back on the right track. Um, yeah, I mean just. A better, uh, like, I'm in a better place. <laughs> Feeling better. Hopefully this podcast will reflect it. I think so. I think so. I hope so. I mean, yeah. the, the thing is that you 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 were in the hospital for a couple of weeks. You're now out. It's been almost a month since since the incident. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't want to push the, you know, hey, man, let's, are you feeling better now? Let's do another, another episode. But uh, something happened in in, in the, during that time, and 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 one of our kind of greatest heroes, the uh, Paul Rubens, 
who is the embodiment of of what we would say is our generational or our generation, you know, uh, beloved child character, uh, Pee Wee Herman. He's like our Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, definitely, definitely. And I think, uh, so hearing the news that he has passed away during the time I go, we have to at least, you know, once we come back, we have to de- dedicate it and do a tribute to Paul Rubens and talk about Pee Wee Herman, but also talk about some of the other, you know, acting roles that Paul Rubens did. Because I think he was an unappreciated character actor. Yeah, and also a really beloved child you know superstar yeah and you know it's when i was doing kind of like you know a little research on you know his body of work i always felt like he dropped off you know Mm -hmm. the planet for a bunch of years and then showed up again like later on with more uh i'd say more like secondary actor third in in a movie kind of roles but he did a huge amount of voiceover work yeah i was shocked about that too yeah yeah, like even like as early as, or like even as big to me, because a huge nightmare. Like, I didn't know he voiced, uh, what was it, Shock? Um, from from the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, he, no, he did Locke's voice. He did Locke, yeah. For the three little, the three little boogies guys. What are you doing here? Jack sent for us. Specifically. By name. Locke. Shock. Meryl. And, like, I'm looking, and, uh, dude, he did so many voiceover, not just for cartoons, but video games, everything. Like, tons, like, every year. He was a a droid. He was a voice of the droid in Star Tours. (laughs) That's right. Welcome aboard. This is Captain Rex from the cockpit. I know this is probably your first flight, and it's mine, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, when I look at his career and when I heard that he passed away... Part of me said, like, oh, he never got his due. He never really got his, you know, his uh, just desserts. But I guess he did He did have a very big career. You know, it's it's maybe not the, you know, the most glamorous, but it, it certainly it was filled with a lot of credentials, and he did a lot of TV and movie work and stuff like that. And even, you know, like uh, Star Wars uh, attractions, you know, so. You know what, my, my biggest, like, shock I love this movie as a kid, and I don't know why it was Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know he was the voice of Max. This the thing that and I, was I like, now this I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't know that. But it, uh, let me pull. You know what? Let me pull that clip because I was because it was like known for, and I saw it. I'm like, what the hell was he in that? And I was like, oh my god. Well, according I to didn't even put that together. According to his filmography, he was credited as Paul Wall or no Mall. So he didn't get like I guess I don't know why he didn't put his real name Paul Rubens, but it's but you, if you listen to the clip, it does sound a lot like him. Well, <laughs> now that you know it's him, yeah. you, you pull his voice out. Yeah. Good here, navigator. Will this hurt? You will feel nothing. Will I remember everything? You will retain all data. How many times have you done this thing? Zero. Zero? You mean never? I'm not gonna let you try this out on me. What if you fry my brain? I will not fry your brain. How do you know? I have been programmed with superior intelligence. Lie down. Okay. That's it? That's it, Davy. Davy? If you wanna learn to swim, you've gotta jump in the water. Don't forget to feed bruising. Do all these patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on sesame seed bun. Whoa! <laughs> This can't be happening. I think I've gotten some stuff out of your head that has nothing to do with navigating this ship. You sound just like a human. No! That dumb dog will never learn to catch a frisbee. You are an inferior species, you dumb dork. Butt face. Ghost bucket. <laughs> hey, well, if you're so perfect, what are you still doing here? 
I told you, I blew a fuse when I totaled up that electrical tower. I was checking out some daisies. You crashed while looking at flowers? Ha! Sounds like you're the inferior species. I'll show you who's inferior. Heads up! Hey, take it easy! Well, excuse me! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That is weird. Man. That's weird because, like, now, of course, you, now, yeah. You know, you... I think what it is is like when I look at the dates, that came out the same, like, just right after Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think Pee Wee's Playhouse had built that much of a, I guess, a, a residence in my head where I put it together. I don't know. Especially, I think when I was younger, if it wasn't a, a face saying something, it didn't pick up on, you know, voice work. We also, you know, we lived during a, during a time where there was no IMDB. There's no way to really kind of go back and see the credentials of actors. And unless someone pointed it out to you, we would have no clue. Even though if, you know, going back, it's, you know, definitely now that that sounds like he's doing a Pee Wee Herman uh, impersonation. Exactly. Yeah. It, like, because he loaded that kid's brain and maybe he got something back from the kid. And the kid, like, you know, he he's likes Pee-Wee's Playhouse, so he put it in there. So That's the thing. With, is the, the information you got from uh, from movies or, you know, learning people's other movies or whatever they, they did before was through talking to other fans or talking to other kids or talking to other people who, you know, love the same things. Nowadays, you know, people just could easily click on uh, on a website and get that information. You know, like it's it's just constantly available. It's readily available to you. That type of information. yeah, you don't have to work for it. Before we had but to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, God forbid. But I also think it's cool because if you really like somebody in something, mm. you, you can find their other work. Otherwise, you know, you may never have picked up on other stuff that they've done. So I think it's good and it's bad. You know what I mean? Was Paul when, Rubens someone who um, you only knew as Pee Wee Herman? And when, I mean, like, when did you realize there was a, an actor behind the, the character? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Dude. <laughs> he was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like the scene where he dies, like, right. and it takes forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, and it's just so funny because when it first, when he first comes on, he's got the goatee and everything. And he just looks so much different than Pee Wee. Right, right. And I was like, son of a bitch, something is familiar. And I want to say it was my my stepdad or somebody just goes, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's Paul Rubens. And, mm -hmm. dude, I got to be honest, the name didn't even click. You know what I mean? Because when you're a kid, it's Pee Wee. Mm -hmm. Even if you saw him in something else, oh, that's Pee Wee Herman. You didn't say that's Paul Rubens. You know what I mean? So that I think he said, that's Paul Rubens. And I'm like, dude, that's not helping. And he goes, you know, Pee Wee Herman. And I'm like, holy shit, that's Pee Wee Herman. And I mean, it was it's kind of like a spoof comedy. So it's not a real serious role. But he did great in that. Oh, I yeah, was like, holy crap. It was awesome. Crap. It was probably like the best thing about the movie, even though it went on to do become this cult phenomenon with the te television show. That but the, the movie love. itself, the movie itself was kind of panned. It was, it was not well liked. But oh, dude, Paul, I loved him. <laughs> Paul Rubens was the was the, the the great thing that came out of it, though, that his performance. Okay, and I think I want to say the only reason why I saw it in the beginning was, or at all, was because the bad guy, um, Rugger Howard. Rugger Howard. <laughs> my mom fucking loved that guy. Really, even from uh, everything Blade he Runner was in, days, dude, Nighthawks, bro. Uh, 
I was the only <laughs> five-year-old I knew that saw Nighthawks like seven times. You know what I mean? And it wasn't just for what? Is it St- Stallone that's in it or something? Yeah, it's still, I think Billy, Billy D. Williams was Stallone. Dude, yeah, but a five-year-old, like, you know, like someone in grade school should not know that in right. the 80s. They should know that movie. But she just fucking loved him. And it's so weird. She loved him so much that I think there was a movie called Deadlock. And everything the guy was in, we'd watch. Um, and she used to read a lot. She wrote a lot, of, read a lot of Dean Koontz books. Oh. And I remember being young and she made me read the book Lightning. And when I was done, I had to read the book Lightning because at the end there's a character in the main guy. And she goes, okay, now who does that remind you of? Like if you made a movie, who would you put in there? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. She goes, the whole time I'm reading it, I'm thinking about Rugger Howard. <laughs> like, I should have put her in a home back then, man. It's like, you made me read this whole book. It was a good book. But just because the main character reminded you of Rugger Howard. So I want to say, dude, that's how it came on the radar because she knew he was in it. So she put it on. And I don't want to say she hated the movie, but she loves the guy. Mm-hmm. But it was just so funny. Like, of all the characters to become infatuated with. But you know what it is, too, dude? Okay, I know this is Paul Rubens we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> but Rugger Howard, okay. Um, Lady Hawk. Remember that movie? Yes, yeah, Lady Hawk, yeah. Dude, she fucking loved Lady Hawk. And I think that's what it was. Like, how romantic it was. So, everything that he was in, she just wanted to watch. I, I, I know people get like that. You know, like, they fall in love with the character and... They not become obsessed, but like that's the memory they have every time they see the person. I think back then, I think people find themselves infatuated with characters and kind of not separating the actor with the character, right? They, they both yeah. are almost the same. And I guess, you know, that could also lead into what we think about Pee Wee Herman and, and Paul Rubens. I think back then there was a tendency to think about these people as their characters and you know, maybe it had a detriment to their to, to their careers, but yeah, almost like a pre-typecast. Yeah, I think that's because we're our generation. You know, the Gen X generation was so uh, so involved and, and absorbed with culture that way. Well, and I think we had. It's not that movies and TV were new, mm-hmm. but it's almost like we had a hard time drawing the difference between a character and the actual real life person. You know what I mean? I wonder is because we have spent so much time by ourselves. You know, we are the latchkey generation. Yeah, after school we were by ourselves at you know, at home taking care of ourselves. And TV was almost that kind of uh or movies or whatever was kind of like that um proxy to parenting. Parenting like I, like you know, like like what uh, uh, Jim Carrey says in, in Cable Guy, I learned the facts of life from the facts, what? Of, life. In the yeah. facts of life. And I think that's I think that says a I'm lot the to us. Child of, I'm the bastard child of Claire and Cliff Huxtable. <laughs> but you know what, too? I don't, we, and it's kind of like since we were by ourselves, we didn't have anybody to explain that this is an actor. This right, is a, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we almost thought that somebody recorded someone's real life. Not, I mean, not that far, but you know yeah. what I mean? There was nobody to, to kind of break the spell between fantasy and TV and real life. Which and I I'm, I appreciate that because as a kid it it gets you more into something you know what I mean it's kind of like uh, you you feel the character more when the that magic's still there you know yeah I yeah. dig it I wish I could go back to those days I do me too I kind of miss those days where there was an innocence and and I think unfortunately nowadays I think the culture has been uh, weaponized and politicized too much and uh, I I mean look uh. Films and movies are always about a reflection of the culture. But uh, right. I think sometimes, I don't know, it just feels like 
you know, if you love something, there's another group that equally hates it, you know. Or, uh, or we find out too much. Yeah. And it's like, if you find out someone's like a dick in real life, <laughs> it's hard to get into them being like a lovable character anymore. You know Yeah, I mean? that's true. I think there there used to be a mystique around actors or, or performers. And sometimes they they consciously knew that. And con- I mean, I think Paul Rubens was someone who was very private. You know, he's a, here's a guy who was 70 years old when he passed away. Uh, but also secretly uh, was diagnosed with cancer and, and battled with cancer and really didn't tell anyone uh, other than the people close to him uh, was not public known. So, I mean, here's a guy who's very private and I think we don't live in a time where that type of privacy is, is, is common. You know, uh, all our private lives are available on social media. So it's a shock when, so, you know, when, when someone who passes away from cancer, from a long battle of cancer, we were like, Oh, wow. Well, that's what, why he didn't tell anybody. I mean, that's like, and, he, and, and you know, uh, the better question was like, of course, you know, why why should he tell people? You know, yeah, I, you'd I, want your privacy. Yeah, I, sure. I, I, I maybe that's just generational thing. You know, privacy is just uh, something uh, means different to different generations, I guess. But um, but I know what you mean because like when I hear that somebody dies, first thing in my head is like accident, mm. car accident, like some plane crash, because it seems like you know so much about. And it's sad because it's not that they're your friends, but you almost know more about these people than you do about your own family because of how much their lives are in the public view. Yeah, yeah. So when you hear something like that, you're like, holy shit, what, what happened? And he fall off his yacht, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, he's had, like, you know, he's had, like, um, whatever, like lung cancer for six years. It's like, holy shit, I didn't even know. How did I not? It's almost like... I don't want to say it's a pride thing, but it's like, wait, how didn't I know? I've been watching this guy for years, you know what I mean? Why didn't his publicist call me and let me know? I think that's, you know I, mean? that's the, I think that's the problem sometimes we have nowadays. Like, we almost feel offended when we don't know about well, privacy, like, this type of privacy. Especially with, like, all, like, the, the gossip stuff. Yeah. It's like, I swear to God, it used to bug the shit out of me when my wife would be, like, talking to her cousin. It's like, oh, yeah. So, like, a famous person, yeah, did you believe they cheated on their husband and now they're going to do this? And I'm like, dude, you're acting like it's the neighbor. You know what I mean? Just give it a rest. You don't know these people. Why are you offended and shocked at shit a stranger does? You know? Just, it used to crack me up, dude. But now it's, like, commonplace. Yeah, it's very common. I mean, it's, I mean, we, I think in the 80s and the 90s, the tabloids were, was a negative, was, like, you know, a pejorative, uh, the cover of a of a tabloid would be like, do you believe in aliens? I remember that, you know, there it would be like these obscure mystery stories, and then and then celebrity gossip stuff. Now it's just regular news, <laughs> you know. But dude, like, everything is fucking clickbait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know the the headline that gets you to click on the link or to to research it. First of all, it's bullshit. It's not even true, or it's so taken out of context right you know right, what i mean right, right. it's just like dude you guys fucking suck <laughs> it's just it's i suck for trying to find out you know like <laughs> being interested and in clicking going down that wormhole right you guys suck for setting me up man <laughs> and like it's it's just the old the old um pro- not proper but the old saying like any publicity is good publicity uh-huh. so literally like you know you have these hollywood people almost making up fake bullshit just to get like the buzz around a name or a character or a movie mm-hmm and then it's just, but I mean, like, since we're talking about this, you know, I don't know if you're ever going to bring up, like, the whole the, adult the, theaters. Yeah, well, I guess we'll bring it bullshit. up. Bullshit. Yeah, we'll bring it up. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not to sully the guy's name. It's just, no. dude, 
it's people do this shit all the time in the privacy of their own home. Right. But back then it was like since he and I think it was way overblown because he was like a child icon. Yes. Like it, it's like, dude, famous people were doing it left and right. Nobody gave shit, like adult actors. But Pee Wee Herman, you know what I mean? It's like beloved child, you know, character. It's like, dude, I, seriously. I wonder, I wonder if that that was the first time that we realized there was an actor behind the character. Behind it. When we, we saw his mugshot. Well, shit, how old were we when that happened? That was Maybe uh, early, late teens, early That 20s? was like 91? Yeah. I mean, it could have been in the same theater. Not you can't. I was a little young for that, but maybe was it? I mean, I, I do remember people talking about it. I remember people like making jokes. I mean, obviously after the incident and the, and the the arrest became public, you know, we were in school, and so it was kind of like a joke, and and people were making fun of it in late night and stuff like that. So it was definitely, it was definitely for a brief period a very public scandal. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially what did they say? If it bleeds, it reads or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I think. I think the mugshot didn't help. <laughs> you know, the mugshot was very similar to the character he played in in, uh, in, Buff, in, in Buffy. Uh, Buffy, yeah. goatee, uh, uh, long but hair. If you were gonna go to a, yeah, if you were gonna go to adult theater, you wouldn't dress up like <laughs> But I think the misconception. I think the misconception was that when he had this arrest, when he so the, if people don't know the story, he was arrested at a a, a porno theater. He was uh, caught, quote unquote, you know. Uh, Pleasure himself. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the misconception was like this was the thing that ruined his career. But the, I think that what happened was like his Pee Wee stint uh, was kind of over. He was kind of done yeah. with, with the Playhouse. And so we already had like whatever, I don't know how many seasons it was, but it was already kind of played through. And, and you know, it, it is now in the 90s and, 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 I think people were kind of looking for something totally different from Pee Wee. Uh, and so I think he was maybe in that weird stage where he didn't know what he's going to do. And, you know, he had this kind of scandal. Dude, I remember hearing about it. And you're right. The jokes were like nonstop. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I don't, I just, I, I don't, I mean, I was pretty young because if it was 91, I still was mid, mid early teens. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, like, okay, the beginning it was funny, but then it's like, dude, you got to, you know, give this guy, like, some, give it a rest. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like what he what he gave to what he did was so unbalanced. You know what I mean? And it's not even like, he wasn't doing anything. To me, I got to be honest, I don't know if I'm weird. He wasn't doing anything bad, dude. He <laughs> no, wasn't like, he right. wasn't caught soliciting. Right. Dude, some people go to these theaters to do that. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I, I think it's, I think it was more, much more affected by the parents of his fans or the, or the yeah. older, older people. Uh, I, I think his fan base were totally, you know, very still so supportive of him, of, uh, of Paul Rubens and, and still love the character. And I think they understood it. I think they didn't penalize them for it. I think an older generation, maybe our parents' age were kind of more, you know, you know, the, uh, they were more about penalizing him as a as a as a culture figure or something. I, I but I think he was used as a tool by people with a that had that agenda already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, okay, hey, you know, we were against this, like the the people for for decency and whatever in yeah, America, and yeah. this is a great fucking jump off vessel for us to use. Yeah, there was like, a, there was definitely a religious sector of people who are. You know, like there was kind of that rise of the seven what seven hundred club, you know. Yeah. So exactly. there was kind of a yeah. wave. There's like kind of a religious wave going on during the night. And we all know what those people were doing. 
System. <laughs> so to point the finger is some bullshit. <laughs> like clean your finger first before you point it. But yeah, I mean, and it's funny because I and, and like you said, you it's almost like you want to go back historically and say, okay, this is what ruined him, but it really didn't. No, no, I don't think so. Because he just kind of like he exploded still through the voice work, mm-hmm. and then he even came back after that. Like a lot of his credits are are post nineteen ninety one, where he was you know still doing films and stuff. So it's not like it stopped him it just it just sucked because it felt like it closed the door on the character of peewee yeah like negative not negatively but like like a little shame to it you know i don't know it just sucked because nowhere it said paul rubens and then it's synonymously was you know peewee herman you know what i mean so it was never just because if it just said paul rubens you'd be like i don't even know who the fuck that is Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know they had to throw out you know beloved child actor character and or just Paul Rubens, aka PB Herman. I, I think there was maybe once we heard the kind of the arrest and the scandal and people, you know, it was talked about on on a regular basis. I think shortly after after that, he appeared in the MTV Awards as PB. This is the first time you could dress up as PB Herman, a, a public appearance outside of the show. Yeah, outside outside. Well, since since the arrest and since the scandal, and that first appearance, and I remember that watching that live, and I go, oh. Uh, people don't care. I mean, I think it, it was up. It <laughs> if you was, liked them, you didn't care. Yeah, it was really up up for grabs. Like, you know, it's, you know, back then, it was like we're saying, it's hard to tell who who was driving the the narrative. And uh, once he got into that uh, uh, MTV award show appearance, I think uh, it really drove home that like, oh, he could, he definitely is going to survive this. Yeah, I realized at that point it was my grandma. Bullshit. <laughs> Well, let me play a clip from that MTV Music Awards because I think, I think it's one of the great uh, appearances in MTV Music Awards. It's definitely something I remember uh, watching it live. Ladies and gentlemen, MTV is proud to introduce someone who has been a friend for a long time. So I think that that line was particularly memorable because it was him making fun of himself, and I'm like, you know, people love him no matter what, you know. Dude, uh, the whole time that was playing, I was smiling. <laughs> I was just remembering how awesome he was as the character and everything. And so he, if you see the clip on YouTube, it, he is—you can see that it was very emotional for him to when he he heard the kind of the the roar of the crowd and him taking it all in. He, yeah, no he fucking felt, booze, dude. No, Not one boo. No, yeah, no, that's awesome. awesome. That was a, I think that was one of the. The great uh, uh, live appearances I've seen in a long time in, in the nineties, you know, that was one of the memorable ones. And you know what's funny? Because I was looking, you know, up his stuff, and then I saw something and it clicked in my head, and I actually wrote it down. Because uh, unbeknownst to before we started this podcast, and we started, um, I think it was we did a show on like, 
don't know if it was it was like sequels or it was basically I had found out that one of your favorite Batmans or was it Batmans? Oh, Batman was, Returns, uh, yeah. Batman Returns, and I forgot that he played the dad. He played uh, for penguin, the penguin. Yeah, the penguin's dad. And I'm like, oh man, are we doing the show because it ties into his <laughs> Batman Returns? But then I was kind of looking at it. and I'm like, I'm like, I, you know, it's like it was weird because he was. There's a lot of movies where he did that, right? Like maybe one day on set, you know what I mean? And it's kind of like, and he wasn't his character, so it was uh, I don't know. And one of my favorite—I know we haven't got to like favorite whatevers, but <laughs> I re- always remember. Okay, everybody remembers the show, and then the movies. You know, um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, um, Big Top Pee Wee, or um, yeah, Big Top Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. And I always remember that there was a extra scene in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, right, where um, he was in the hospital. And it had the chick that plays Elvira. Uh huh. Yeah. Remember after he wrecks all the motorcycles and he flies through, like, and then he drives through the sign, mm-hmm. and also you show the ambulance or whatever. Have you ever seen that? It's the extra scene with him in the hospital, and all the bikers show up, and then the biker leader shows up. Uh huh. And it's a girl. Right, right, right. Yeah. Did you? Because dude, I'd seen it so many times, but I'd never seen that. And I don't know if I saw it like on Stars or something where. Like, cause you know, every now and again on cable, they'll throw in like either a different version. Uh-huh. It, it, it's like the octopus scene on Goonies. <laughs> like somebody was, I heard something where somebody said that when it played on Disney, when we were kids, uh-huh. it always had the octopus scene. Well, I remember, but, I remember born in East LA. There was like a whole third act on the TV cut. <laughs> cause like, yeah. cause born in East LA was maybe only like an hour and 85 th- minutes. Yeah. yeah. So they needed that extra little bump. So they needed the extra director's cut to fill up the two-hour, you know, uh, block. Yeah, so I, I remember seeing I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing Born in East LA having that, and when I eventually got like say Born in East LA on Blu-ray, I'm going, "Where's that scene in in the yeah. end? You know, where the parade and stuff like that." Yeah, they would they would do that. I, I, maybe that's maybe your, your, there was a TV cut maybe with the extra. Yeah, no, TV. It, but I I want to say that after that, I only found it on deleted scenes. Um, like I think we had the the regular. DVD, and sometimes when it says extra scenes or bloopers, I don't watch them. You know what I mean? I just wanted to watch the movie. Right. And I remember after I saw it on something different that I went through it, and I was like, "That's crazy!" Because it's, I know that at the time Elvira was famous, so she must have done this kind of like as a, a favor, or you know what I mean? It was like her little cameo. Yeah. Well, that and was, they just cut it all out. Yeah. Well, she was she she eventually she was in the in the theatrical cut. She was the one who who said. Um, let me have him or in that scene, in that Bart scene, like, let me take care of him or whatever. And before Was you she? did the, the tequila dance sequence. I say we kill him. Yeah! I say we hang him, then we kill him. Yeah! I say we stop him. Yeah! Then we tattoo him. Yeah! Then we hang him. Yeah! And then we kill him. Yeah! I say we let him go. No! I say you let me have him first. <laughs> Wait, don't I get a last request? Why not? I only remember her from the hospital. Oh, okay. Because I was blown away because it took me forever to realize she didn't always look like Elvira. <laughs> well, she is. So the, the story behind that is that she, you know, her, her name is Cassandra Peterson. And so she is, she, she and, and Paul Rubens came out at the same time in the Groundlings in Los Angeles. 
so, oh, they're, so they they're, knew each other. They knew each other. So they're they're both in the same uh, com- comedy troupe, and it's uh, the same troupe that had uh, Phil Hartman, and Phil Hartman was oh, a guy shit. who co-wrote the screenplay for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and so and Phil Hartman was in a lot of uh, the early stuff with Pee Wee, and he was a writer for Pee Wee for all that stuff. So you know there was a a lot of big you know comic characters or, or performers who came out of that Groundlings. And there was a lot of characters that came out of it, and part of it was Pee Wee, and that you know that's all early '80s LA groundlings, you know the the comedy scene at the time, you know. And that's crazy how they both became two iconic character characters. You know what I mean? Not just them, but they they created these characters that were. Yeah, and I think Pee. If you look at Pee Wee's Playhouse, the TV show. Yeah, he had a lot of cameos by a lot of guest uh, actors and and. performers and comedians they all kind of went through that you know and a lot of them didn't even pop till later yeah yeah like if I mean, you go back and yeah you'll see him and they'll be like lawrence fishburne fishburne was the mailman he was the, the cow, cowboy curtis cowboy <laughs> cowboy curtis but that's weird because was it lawrence fishburne he'd already started an apocalypse right yeah yeah he was he was in that age where he was not a teen uh, you know, a teen actor no more. He was kind of like uh, in his twenties and probably was struggling a little bit. And but he found a job at, at <laughs> Pee Wee's Playhouse, so yeah. it was a steady paycheck. And he, I, you know, there was a great, there's a great clip. I'll play that clip where he is in Conan. Oh, this is a couple years ago when Conan still had his talk show, where Lawrence just talked about it and he said that he had the one of the greatest time working with uh, Paul Rubens. Blackish is not the first comedy I've done. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse was the yes, first yes, yeah. 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 yeah, Cowboy Curtis, Cowboy Curtis, Cowboy Curtis. But the thing about that was when I auditioned for it, I actually went in and did a whole sort of like serious sort of like you know gunslinger kind of thing. I was like channeling Yule Brenner from the old Westworld movie, right? Like he's a serious, like he's a serious cowpoke, and he's gonna, he's a, he's a gunslinger, he's gonna yeah. kill you, and I'm gonna. And I was with John Paragon and Paul Rubens, and they were like. <laughs> uh, lighter? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, you mean like comedy? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I completely didn't that's get it. That's what someone said to us seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, comedy. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. We were pulling heartstrings. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we have a still here. We found this picture of you as Cowboy Curtis, and it brought There's you right back. Looky there. Looky there. A hundred years and a hundred pounds ago. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Ain't that something? Do you ever go back and look at those shows? Because the uh, Pee-wee, the Pee-wee stuff holds up. The Pee-wee stuff does hold it up. It really, it was it's so... It's like the Batman stuff from the 60s. Yes, exactly. Cool. I'm a huge fan of that, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great that, uh, like, Lawrence Fishburne still appreciate his, his time and working with Pee-wee and stuff like that. I, I like the fact that the crowd lit up when they heard Pee-wee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome <laughs> that people are still... And, I dude, I was looking at, like, uh, Cass and Crewfer, and it had Natasha Leone. Yes, Jimmy Smith. So I'm like, damn, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and especially to go on a kids show. Right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. Talk to talk to me about the the Playhouse because I was never a big frequent watcher of a, a Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. Playhouse. You yeah. know what? It's it's one of the first shows, especially that wasn't a cartoon that I remember like racing to get home to watch. Because mm-hmm. I and you know, I, but I have a little brother. 
mm-hmm. and an older sister. So the older sister was not on board. Yeah. <laughs> but me and my little brother were like awesome. Like we'd have to be able to get there to sing along with the opening, you know, song and the the it, whole. It wasn't. Sa- it was like Saturday mornings or something, or Saturday noons. I, I don't know. I I want to say they started. What's it called? Where they put on the older shows during the week? Oh, uh, um, oh, not syndication. Broad. Syndication, maybe. Yeah, because I I do remember, or, or maybe we had like soccer practice or something. Yeah, I just remember sometimes like scheduling, like, like oh, like I could never tell my mom we need to be home for this because she <laughs> she would purposely take. You know what I mean? Like, uh, don't tell me what to do. But I remember racing to make sure that we would watch it. And I remember singing along. And I remember, like, in retrospect, some of the stuff seems lame. But even when I watch it, like, I'll catch myself smiling. You know what I mean? Like, if, like, I think when the kids, like I said, my kids saw 2016 when they did the Pee Wee's. Like, when he goes to New York or whatever with the guy from Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah. They watched that Netflix movie. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, they liked it. And it was like, I know they'd seen um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And they didn't know it was the characters based off the show. So, I want to say... I want to say we maybe YouTubed it, and the first thing out of their mouths was, what happened to the sides of the TV? <laughs> because, remember, it was a square. Yeah, right. And, like, you know, all TVs now are, like, 16 by 9. You know what I mean? Right. They're, they're moving through their stuff. And I just remember my daughter being, Dad, what happened to the sides of the TV? <laughs> why, why, yeah, why, why can't uh, we get the full picture? <laughs> why zoom in, Dad? <laughs> What's your problem? And I'm just like, oh, shit. Cause, That's okay, hilarious. You know, back then it was a square TV, man. Like, but it was just funny because they were like watching it, and they're like, "I'm like, what do you guys think?" They're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, "Ah, man, you guys are like, you know, you guys have too much going on. This, like, even Pee Wee couldn't keep you uh, attention for the sixty minutes." But I mean, I remember, and it was it, it's so funny because I don't remember specific episodes. Mm-hmm. I remember the song. I remember watching it, and I remember it being hilarious and just loving it as a kid. But, like, I, I don't have a favorite episode. You know what I mean? One of those things. It was just something that was, like, a part of our day. Like, going to school. You know what I mean? I just remember when I watched it, it was awesome. The thing is, there was a market for that in, in the in the late 80s, early 90s for, for that type of programming. Because yeah. I remember Jim Varney with Ernest. Normie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ernest. And I think, didn't he have, like, a, a, a child or a similar children's um, TV show? I can't remember the TV show, but you know what's so funny? I remember... Okay, so he did, like, the Ernest... What's the first one? Uh, Ernest Goes to Camp? Ernest Goes to Camp. Right, that was the big first movie. And then and then he made, like, 45 Ernest... Like, Ernest Goes to Halloween... Hermes Goes to Prison? Goes to Halloween. Goes to Prison, you know. He was a character before those movies. You know, that character didn't just start in those movies. He was doing... I don't know if it was commercials. Probably commercials, yeah. Yeah, it was commercials, I think, yeah. Because of the popularity of Pee Wee, there were other kind of characters in similar vein that were also popular. And I guess maybe Jim Varney's Ernest character was somewhat uh as popular or maybe not as popular but you know uh, you know or peewee proved that they could do a movie and make money off of yeah there was a market a there. character yeah. yeah and that kids i mean good you know it makes sense kids are driving force you know they made cartoons but if you remember they didn't make a lot of movie cartoons where we went to the movie theater mm-hmm. not a, not as much as live action well i i think as we as the 90s went along and that generation, like say people grew, like our generation, grew up with Pee Wee, grew up with Ernest. As we get into the '90s and late '90s, when we're now much older and our teens, I think you could say that there would not be a, 
Ace Ventura pet detective, it wasn't for those, you know, what Pee Wee was able to build, you know, the path that he was able to build for, for someone like Jim Carrey. Because like when, when Ace Ventura came on, a similar kind of wacky character, but much more skewed for an older audience and really launched the career of, uh, of uh, Jim Carrey. You know that's the evolution, right? So that I think that's that you have you know, before before you can have a Jim Carrey, you need a Paul Rubens to kind of uh, pave the way. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, Red Fox or the Dirty, but I mean, it was like Red Fox like unlocked the door and cracked it, and then like Richard Pryor blew that motherfucker wide. Open. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things. And I, I, the other thing with Paul Rubens, I'd say he opened the door and kicked it open. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that photo was amazing. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's like if the pers- first person didn't do it. You know what I mean? We might be stuck in a world that's still doing like Gone with the Wind. I I think it's right that you do give him credit for for opening that whole new audience and that whole new like driving force to get people to watch movies. Oh, and you know what I was gonna I was gonna say about his well about Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Okay, yeah, probably especially as a kid, one of my favorite flicks. You know what I mean? Oh, it had I, so much in it. I and remember, I remember because my cousin. I, I remember you quoting <laughs> that movie forever. I was hanging out with my brother last night because my aunt came from Florida. Uh-huh. And dude, he fucking threw out, um, he did something with his wife, pissed her off, and she went away and she goes, don't worry, when she gets her, she's going to tell him, large Marge says, <laughs> dude, and I was rolling, I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to do a podcast with Mike tomorrow, <laughs> but um, I just, I, I remember, like, watching that, and I was thinking, like, the whole time I was watching it, uh, first thing that popped in my head was my cousin, his name was Francis, and I always thought it was weird, because I never knew anybody named Francis. And, except for him and then dude first time i saw Pee-wee's big adventure and you know the guy in the like the the asshole guy right the, his name was francis the rich Sorry, uh, francis oh it was perfect i tortured my cousin forever with that <laughs> everything about that movie is great like i could go watch it right now again dude that movie doesn't lose it for me man that movie is was funny it still is funny and it's just like oh i mean comedies i probably put it in one of my top 10 and then to think that it was a Tim Burton, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, boom. It's like, like he, oh, man, it's it, it's such a good flick. I think people are going to look back at the big adventure and understand what 80s comedy was. And when you bring like terrific talent together, something magic is going to happen. And, you know, Paul Rubens was the head of that. But you got Tim Burton as the director. This is his first feature directorial debut. And also, it was the first time he collaborated with Danny Elfman, who did the score. This is the, the first, score, time, yeah. first time that Danny Elfman really kind of scored a movie. And, dude, that was that was amazing for him in his career. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, that's a relationship that, that, that still lasts. I mean, they still working yeah. together. And then, you and know. Dude, you, you can hear his, you can just hear his music and everything he's ever done pops in your head. Like and, all Tim Burton's and, and, movies, and, and it, it kind of all starts with with Big Adventure. I mean, it, it, it does f- f- you know feel like everything he you know everything from there is a derivative of, of what he did with uh, with Pee Wee's Pee Wee's film. I, I remember they were selling tickets for like it was like called an evening with Elfman, uh-huh, yeah, and it yeah. was at the um, the bowl, and it was just him leading a band, and they were gonna do like his most iconic like themes for movies. It's like how can you how can you have a concert? Just from themes from, you know, music that everybody loves from movies. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's weird. It's not like he has a band. You know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> that. It wasn't a concert for his band and the, their top 10 hits. It was just from all his soundtracks to movies. It was awesome. Well, I think that's his music is so iconic and, and there's a sound to, him, to his music that it's 
very much. But you would have told totally different movie without him. Yes. Yeah. But Pee Wee's big, like just it's just as bad as what do you call it? Beetlejuice? Oh yeah, yeah. If it was different <laughs> music to Beetlejuice, totally different movie. Yeah, I think you got Paul Rubens, you got Phil Hartman doing the script, you got Tim Burton behind the scenes, and then you got Elfman with the with the with the score. And I think it, it's just a, a recipe of of just great entertainment. Exactly. Here's a piece yeah. of the music. I mean, it's it's a beautiful orchestra. I don't know. I don't know how you would, would describe it. I mean, it's it's it, there's campiness to it. There's a circus level to it. There's like kind of a fun, whimsical, but also dark and mysterious but to it, to his, it his music. It puts you in a mindset. You know what I mean? It put it it kind of pulls you in, like because it's so funny because you watch a movie. And it's 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 the visual. But the audio really seals the deal. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It puts you, it draws you in. It puts you in that character. Or it puts you in that place. Uh, it's dude. And it's funny because when you listen to it all, it's all very similar, but it's all very unique. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's And I missed, I was, I missed yeah. that with modern movies. Modern movies, I can't really even tell about the music. The... There's fucking soundtracks. It's just different songs. <laughs> Nobody does a score. You know what I mean? Yeah. The this... days of scores, it feels like, are over. Or they're just so kind of generic, and you can't mm. even tell the difference between one and, and another. You know, it's just like the same thing. It's, we we kind of lost that kind of uniqueness of, of scores. And I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's almost like... The, they have something lying around and they use it. Yeah, it's I mean, not like made for that movie, and that's that's I that's just what sucks. And, and it, it, you know, with with what Elfman did for Big Adventure, because it's a it's a, it's a road picture. It's a it's a, it's Pee Wee's looking for his stolen yeah, bike, his bike, and he goes on this epic. I guess I guess it's a cross country uh, journey, and it, it just makes it a much bigger film because of the music. Uh, and I mean, it, you got to be a kid kind of too to. <laughs> To follow the movie and I'd be like, dude, this is so crazy. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, it's way too many, like, where he turns a corner and the car drives by with the, with the bike in the back. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so many times where he's so close to it and just misses it. It doesn't even know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, yeah, you know, you got to be a kid to keep following that and <laughs> believing the story. But, you know what I mean? It, 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 what fun would it be if you found it right away? Uh, it's funny because when I was rewatching it the other day, uh, last week, I was, I went back to rewatch it and this particular scene got me because this is the, the, the introduction of the bike and what, what, is this the good morning? Yes. Here. You used to say this. We fuck, still do that. I, know, you, I still do that. You used, to, you used to say this quote all the fucking time when we were teenagers and it just took me back to that time because of you doing this. So but this, my stupid kids don't get it. <laughs> Like I'll do it like when like you know when they first come out in the hallway because I'm awake like at eight and they don't get up till like eleven and they're like yawn I'm like good morning I'm here. Well, here's here's that, here's that clip.
I guess we remember Danny too, man. I think me and Danny used to do that to each other all the time at school. Like, you know, in between classes when it's early and you see each other. Well, it's so funny because when I was rewatching this, because I knew you, you, I knew that line, I heard that line many times when you said it. I just didn't know what part of the movie it was. And when I heard it, I'm like, oh shit, this is it. This is where it came from. And Dude, was, it, when my kids leave, I say, oh, for our peewee. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or like anytime somebody even mentions the goddamn state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I always had to do the clap. Deep in the heart of Texas. Well, so and it's funny because, oh, yeah, dude, I don't know why I never stopped doing those lines. I don't. Yeah, what was it about this one, this particular movie that that Because I mean, <laughs> I you, you have you have a history of quoting a lot of movies, but this was the one that really, really, really you you. I mean, you quote from Goonies, you quote from a lot of films, but this was the one that like you. I, I know, think maybe I saw it so many times, and the way the way Pee Wee or Paul Rubens does it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's magical because it's like he had. Uh, it's not like he hasn't seen his bike in years. It was just for when he went to sleep, you know. What I mean, but he's so like, I can't believe we're back together, you know. So I do that. I, oh, dude, I don't know. But it's so good. And sometimes, like, I haven't had cereal in like years because I'm an adult. But like, if I see my kids pouring their cereal, I'll be like, I pity the fool who don't eat my cereal. And you know what I mean? It's just like, dude, you guys are jerks. Start watching this movie so we could have more to. Or common, <laughs> and it's weird because I uh, sadly, if I were to make my top five movies, I don't think it makes it. But mm. for some reason, it's definitely top three in movie quotes that I do. It's uh, just it's, it's so good. It's 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 funny because like was I was watching it, I'm like it just, and I mean that's the the, the, the what's magical about movies that like it, it, that you you remember things uh, of time of of enjoying these movies together. Um, what I really liked about the, or at least appreciate uh, that you never really quoted the typical Pee Wee stuff. Like, like many people would do the laugh, many people would the do, laugh, the, yeah. do the voice, but at least you I'm were listening to reason. <laughs> yeah. You were doing like actual quotes and, and the jokes from the movie. Yeah. From the movie. Dude, this is, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, like, uh, we, we would, me and Tony would do, me and my brother would do the whole scene from when they're sitting in the dinosaur mouth watching the sunrise you know what i mean we would uh i don't know it's just so funny and i swear my whole life i've wanted to like give my cousin because he's so tall like mm-hmm. a big dinosaur bone and have him chase because we're kind of close to the cabazon yeah yeah all right and where they have those things and right. do you know dude i don't know if you drove by it but we drove by and um when he passed they painted the t-rex yeah yeah i heard about to that. match the, the peewee out dude's fucking awesome you know what i mean because if they painted it up to look like Peewee, that was so cool. Yeah, that was so badass, dude. And then even like like I remember the line when someone was trying to ask him like, eh. like you know, wait till the tour. You know, all questions you have to wait till the tour is over. <laughs> and then to- my stupid brother would be like, pick it, and sh-. you know what I mean? It's like I kept like it was so stupid. We do it in places where people had no fucking idea. They just thought we were mentally, you know, like the, the, these are special ed kids. Just be, you know. <laughs> There's a basement. Where are we going to see the basement? The basement. The Alamo doesn't have a basement, so it just did. I forgot how much I quoted it until you just reminded me. Because sometimes it's like they transcended. They're no longer quotes. They're just stupid things I say all the time. Right, right. So, yeah. But like my wife won't get them because she, she loves the movie, but she, she doesn't memorize. That's the thing. She doesn't memorize movies. Well, yeah, I think out of our friend group, you're the one who has the better memory of these obscure quotes. But we all did them. Yeah, we all did them. I mean, we all got them. But yeah, now you know, it's you know what's the saddest thing 
I heard was that I was talking to my brother, my younger brother, who's about, you know, 15 years old, younger than I am. He's, uh, he's, he's really, he's in his early thirties right now. And he was saying, like, I was asking, like, like, you know, like, did you have friends who, uh, you know, and he's a millennial, he's like right in the heart of the millennial. And so I go, do you like when you were growing up in high school, did you have friends who, you know, would quote? He said something that that was just heartbreaking, and I'm 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 wonder if this is true to a lot of people or a lot of kids in his generation. He said, "No, I didn't quote it, nothing. In fact, we didn't talk about movies with, with you know with my friends." That's what he said to me. I'm like, "What? That's not even possible." Mm-hmm. You know, like they I didn't quote. My, they didn't quote nothing. They don't have that kind of connection. You know, I think my kids are the same way, uh-huh. and they gave me the same answer my wife does. We we watch movies, but we don't remember them. Uh-huh. Or we don't memorize them. And I'm like, what the hell's the point of watching them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I want to be entertained for two hours and then forget. <laughs> if, if a movie's good enough to watch once, it's good enough to watch 11 times. That's what they... You've watched it once? Watch it 11 more times. What's, what's your thoughts on Big Top? Big Top people? Big Top was cool, but I honestly... I wasn't big on the the chick. Mm. The one from Hot Shots. I mean, she's cool, The but... Italian girl? Yeah, the one that was in the circus. Uh, right. Was she like a gymnast? I mean, it was cool, but I think at the time, maybe there was a bunch of other stuff out. And I just, and because of Adventure, like I couldn't not compare them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And as far as it, it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't Big Adventure. It was a totally different movie. I mean, I was looking yeah. at it. I actually rewatched that too. And I was shocked at how much it was kind of departed from, from the original. You know, the original, yeah. I would say like, Big Adventure was much more a kind of throwback to the 50s, 60s, nostalgic, very kitsch, very kitschy, you know, very like America, uh, Americana, you know. Yeah, even the look of the bike. Yeah. The curves and the red, white, you know right. what I mean? All that, all that kind of looked like 50s, even though it was kind of, I guess, set in the. In the yeah, it looked like an old Cadillac or Bel Air with the flares. Yeah. It's kind of like the orange circle, you know, <laughs> you know, it kind of had that old, you know, nostalgic yeah. uh, feeling to it. Where Big Top was much more like kind of a '40s, like a post uh, World War II small town, ta- small town farm. It's really a musical in a lot of ways, and it's a circus. It's about the circus, basically. He joins a circus, and it's a you know it has this like musical number at the end. It's a totally different movie, and also it has like this kind of romance, you know, like big uh, Pee Wee has, which is know, weird for Pee Wee having a romance. Yeah, I, I, I was, mean he did in the first one, but it was more like a kid. Like yeah, he he, he was like. And it, it was it was great about rewatching it. I totally forgot that the the, the in the first movie it was E. G. Daly, who was the love interest, and 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 uh, she's from uh, Valley Girl. You know, she, yeah, uh, she got that crazy ass voice. Yeah, she does a lot of voices nowadays. She's much you know, known as a voice actress. She does a lot of uh, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Rugrats or something like that. Yes, Powerpuff yes, Girls. Yes. You know, she's very fa- very famous as a voice actress. But you know, in the eighties, I remember her from from Valley Girl, and you know, um, and I, I I thought she was phenomenal. Uh, I thought she was great in the movie. She was terrific. Yeah. Um, she, it's super cute, but yes. small in stature, <laughs> so it's easier to buy that she was a lot younger. You know. Yes, it's, and 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 that kind of that relationship was much more like you know, yeah, you like we we're saying, much more like an innocent kids. They're not really. He, and I, even I, though Pee Wee was like you know, you physically you see he was physically a man, mm-hmm. the way he acted was very childish. And it seemed like he was much more in love with his bike than anything. Than yeah, exactly. Which a kid would be more into their bike than 
So to have like almost like a romance going would be weird. Right. It'd and be so, more like a crush. So, yeah. you know, cut to a couple years later when they do Big Top. He, I guess he's much more mature. I guess they wanted to. But it seems like a, like a different character. I mean, he, it seems like he yeah, was trying to Different be, feel, different vibe to the whole yeah. damn movie. And I would say with the Netflix uh, third film, was it Big Holiday? Uh, big, holiday. Big, yeah, just Halloween. Big, big Holiday. That, again, it kind of feels like uh, a mixture of both, I guess. A mixture of trying to be both a road pitcher and a... I don't know if it quite worked. I don't think it did work. Uh, but it no, was... No, more... like I said, I, I think I told you, my kids liked it. But, I mean, it was one of those things where it was way past, like, striking while the yeah. iron was hot. Yeah. It was much more for us <laughs> to it was feel much... nostalgic and yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it was much more felt like it was made by people who were just fans than... They're actually kind of yeah the architects of the character, you know, like like I don't know. I mean, I think when they pitched this, the people that they pitched it to watched it like as kids, <laughs> and were like, "Fuck yeah, that would be awesome!" But it wasn't like, you know, people new to this to the thing and read the script and go, "Yeah, this sounds like it's gonna, it's gonna make money." You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, they played off even like yeah, they pitched it to people that grew up on it. Well, I mean, well, I'm I'm wondering about this. What what was it about Pee Wee the the persona that we love so much? What is it because I think he was... it's the Eternal Kid, man. Is it is it that what it be. is? Yeah, because you got to think about it too. Like, remember when he woke up and all that shit was automated? It wasn't automated <laughs> like a computer, right? Like a machine. It was like shit you could find around the house. You know what I mean? It was like like the string round was round up by like um what a whisk. You know what I mean? It was kind of. Like mousetrap, remember the game mousetrap? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like he had like an unlimited supply of that shit and was just making all the stuff. You know what I mean? It was, it was like that. I remember watching that scene and we're watching it again. I'm like, oh shit, because this is the Rube Goldberg machine. This is that that type of you know, like yeah, build a better, better mousetrap type of thing. And that was such a kind of '80s thing. We saw that also in in Gremlins, you know, you know, because like the father was an inventor. He had all these inventions that would do regular stuff around the uh, kitchen. Uh, also, in in uh, Back to the Future, I think they would have a similar thing where you know, Feel, yeah, yeah. So I think there's something about the '80s there that were much more into these homemade inventions. I, that that really took me back into a different time when I was watching the movie. Yeah, because it's almost like you can do anything you set your mind to. Still, you know, but it's what I mean? also like, a very we... cool looking visual, you know, yeah. look to it. You know, there's just yeah, because cool it, it's about it's that. it's like the insides out, so you can see the mechanics <laughs> behind it. But I'm saying that's what when you were a kid, you always thought, oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if I had this, I could totally make that. You know what I mean? One of those. It's not like now where these kids are like, oh, I'll just go buy it. You know what I mean? It's like where are you going to get the money from? Yeah, like... and when we were kids, we knew we didn't. There was nobody we could fucking ask for money. So we had to be inventive. Yeah, to to us having a, a bowling ball go down like a a ramp to make toast was like the <laughs> coolest fucking thing. To I yeah, think to it, a younger it, generation, it's just like an app or, or some kind of. But I mean, you gotta think it would take hours and hours to build all that shit and twenty minutes to make a whole breakfast. You know what I mean? It totally wasn't cost effective, but it was just the cool, like to prove that you could and mm-hmm. that it looked cool. Dominoes was a big thing. Like yeah. fucking domino, like seven a, hours to set it up. Dom- like, <laughs> Ten yeah. seconds of awesome. Those, those are like that was great. That was like awesome. Yeah. I don't know if people care about that, or I don't think kids care but, about that nowadays. Dude, what the fuck else did we have to do? <laughs> These kids, they don't do shit, but they complain about being bored. But it's like, hey, 
want to play a board game? You want to go out and ride your bike? You want to go do this? Nah, 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 nah. It's like, don't complain to me when there's a thousand things to do and you don't want to do them. <laughs> so you're not bored. You're fucking lazy. There's a difference. Um, but you know, before we close the, the chapter on big adventure, you were, t- you were kind of talking about a uh, large Marge. Let's talk about that scene because I think that's, that's the most memorable scene in the whole yeah. movie. And it's so funny. Cause it's like when she's driving, she, it's so awesome. The setup, but, and you're not expecting the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but the fact that it's like shit, not shitty claymation, but it's claymation to look like claymation. You know, they weren't hiding. Like they weren't like, okay, let's, we don't have CGI yet. It's not invented, but let's make it look real. You know yeah. what I mean? No, they, they just was, went there was crazy. a style. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah. And it you it, it pulls through from what Burton does later in his career. You know what I mean? With of course Nightmare, um that's the Vincent, you know what I mean? Like it's like it's his literally like you said it's stylistic but it's also his style. And it it I think even though it's crazy, it blended it right into the yeah, into the movie. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about that particular scene because you can't help but think Beetlejuice yeah. would, would, I mean, Beetlejuice is almost like maybe a distant cousin to uh, Big Adventure. There's certain, you know, there there is something about that scene where it's extremely dark, but also playful and and funny. And, you know, I, I was thinking even Pee Wee Herman's a little bit like Beetlejuice, the character, you know, like they're both kind of like. I don't know, Bugs Bunny type, you know, these yeah. rascally type of characters who get away with a lot of things, you know, they, they love to rub people the wrong way. You know, I, I think that's maybe some of the joy of, of both those characters. You know what I like about the scene, though? It's not like Pee Wee Herman gets scared. He just makes like a whole shit face. You know what I mean? It's not like he jumps out of the tr- truck and screaming. You know what I mean? When she yeah. does the, the face and then she goes right back to her normal character. I don't know. I loved it. That that's of course. I mean, that's like one of the most memorable scenes from the movie. Let me play that clip. Worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body. From the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. I get off right up here. You know, uh, watching it now, it made me think of what john hughes did with with um playing strains and automobiles oh, yeah the, the devil scene <laughs> I, I maybe that's just a, something a style you know it's a visual joke it's a punch it was it's not there to really give you a jump scare it's really just there to give you like kind of a poke you know and yeah then, almost almost like a like wake up like <laughs> like a make sure you're paying attention <laughs> and, and it's funny because even the and it's if you think about it and you do the math, it's kind of like way outside of the storyline and everything, but it still works. Like even with planes and trains, it was like, dude, that's kind of way out there for this movie, but it still was hilarious. You know what I mean? It still worked. It did. People are like, oh, that was stupid. I don't, you know what I mean? I would never have said that about planes, trains. Mm-hmm. 
And I would never say that about the the face thing with Large Marge. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's it feels like a ghost story a little bit, you know. And and it, and then it's the setup for when he tells the story in the bar, and the guy starts <laughs> to review. It's, it's, you know what I mean? oh. And I think I think it's one of the more memorable scenes because people just always bring it up, and people love these type of ghost stories. And 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 I don't know. It just again, I think Tim Burton will later become the guy who did Beetlejuice. He also will reunite with. Uh, Paul Rubens and Danny Elfman on A Nightmare Before Return. Christmas, and again, those these all feel like in the same family, you know. There's... But he didn't do a Return, Batman Returns. Oh right, but yeah, that's I totally forgot uh, about that. Yes, of course, they, they, yeah, they, Burton, they, did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, before before Nightmare. And I would say that that all all these movies will feel very similar and feel they're in the same kind of universe or family. And and now that Pee Wee's gone and. Uh, part of me think it's like maybe this was just a, a moment in time that that we got these these people to to showcase their you know their talents and and sometimes that's just a product of of the of that time you know. But it's one of those things too where uh, everybody can agree there will never be another Pee Wee Herman, even if somebody tried to to do him in a new movie. You know what I mean? Like, I think if they tried to remake it, you know, and like make a new Pee Wee. And I don't, I think people should fucking revolt, you know what I mean? And protest the making of it. Cause it's like, there's only one, you know what I mean? It's just like one Elvira. It's just, there's just the one dude. Yeah. Yeah. And we're lucky that he was our generation. I wonder, I wonder if and this is not to throw shade to like, say someone like Tom Green, but I was thinking like, who was like the next wave? And I think Tom Green in the nineties, late nineties, he came out. And again, he, I don't think he did it. I mean, he did it his own way, but it was, you know, it, it wasn't as successful, I guess. But but then, you know, I should give him a little bit of credit because I think all that prank stuff that Tom Green did is what a lot of people are doing now on social media. You know, all the TikTok yeah. pranks is kind of what Tom Green does. But I mean, and I, I'm not a person, I don't like to talk shit, but it's almost, uh, it's going to sound bad. Like I'm <laughs> very anti him, but. It's kind of for me. It's like it's a it's a cheap laugh. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah. way to put it because it does it does feel like he is a cheaper version, or not yeah. necessarily. It, it felt like with Pee Wee, it felt like Paul Rubens put a lot of time and effort into that character. It, you would call where, it craft, right? <laughs> yeah, and it would. It, it's. I mean, dude, just to think about how long it takes him to get into makeup, and like when he's filming, like he can't change a he can't even change a hair. You know right, what I mean? Right. And I think what, what Tom Green does is something like who is a product of someone who grew up with Pee Wee and just embodying that same character, but then doing it on a on a naturalistic way and not putting any effort, I guess. I don't, I don't know his process. Yeah, but... like, like I'm going to eat this and then I'm going to puke and everybody's going <laughs> right. to think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's like, and, no, and, and it's he's like a, I don't know, again, I don't want to talk shit on, on Tom Green because yeah. I do think he did revolutionize something. I mean, because everyone kind of is stealing his shit on, on TikTok or, or social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, his name came up because I, I felt like he is doing a similar thing with what, what Paul Rubens did, but Paul Rubens did it much more. Yeah. With style and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just to put a pin in it, uh, you know, like what would you say about when you think about these movies? What is the kind of first thought? It's it's for me. It's gonna be eternal. It's like classic. I think if I'm seventy, you know what I mean, and I got grandkids or great grandkids, I think there will be a part of me that's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you guys this movie, and Grandpa loved it. You know what I mean. <laughs> and I think you guys will like it too. 
like I, I think every generation should be exposed to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if it's not like Pee Wee's Playhouse and that, like Big Top Pee Wee, just at least this movie. Like, it's so great, especially for I don't know between the ages of what five and twelve. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome, dude. I don't think I'll ever fall out of love with it. Do you think the the movies, the Pee Wee movies? are going to live on and, and people are going to maybe forget about the TV stuff or you think the TV stuff is going to have a longer life? I don't know, dude. My, my kids were really thrown by the square. What happened to the science? <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to, you know what I mean? I don't know if technology is going to kill it on its own. Cause uh-huh. it was kind of hard to find. I had to find it on YouTube. Oh yeah. But yeah. so I don't know if as a society, we're going to forget about it and continue with the movie because the movie's easy to transfer and stuff. And it's kind of like, Dude, I don't know about you, but my kids, it's hard for them to get into shows. You know what I mean? That's a like, point, yeah. A show is harder for them than a movie. It's almost like they act like, I don't got time for a show. So I don't think, I, I sadly, I think Pee Wee's Playhouse will probably fade away. And the only chance we have is that they watch the movie and like the movie so much that it opens the door for us to introduce them to the shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But definitely on their own, no. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it's going to carry without the help of people. I'm actually quite shocked that the, the first PB's movie is, has become more of a classic in the sense of, of story structure. It's a movie that's only 90 minutes long. It, it, you know, Pee Wee said that he, he, when he was writing the screenplay with, with Phil Hartman and, uh, I think it was another guy who, who co-wrote it too, but like they didn't know what they were doing. They 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 read a book, a screenplay book of kind of a famous you know how to how to write a screenplay, and and so they basically kind of did exactly what the book said. You know, it's a ninety minute movie. It's a ninety page script. It was like first act lost the bike, second act you know go on the journey, third act you know find the bike and stuff like that. So I mean, I think it's going to be remembered as one of the great kind of three act comedies but you gotta think about it too for 90 minutes a lot happens in this yeah i've seen three hour movies and shit happens you know this one it's it's really it lives up to the the word adventure in that name because he goes through a lot of shit for that bike and he i mean i I love the how they kind of ended with like the hollywood back lot you know and there's godzilla movies and stuff like that and okay i do the i do the Good morning, I'm here. <laughs> but Danny was lousy with the paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> he constantly would do that shit, dude. Just out of the blue, too. Like when it was quiet or when somebody... Anytime you heard a PA, no matter what, when the guy was done, he would say that shit, dude. <laughs> or when somebody had like an oddly deep voice, he would just throw that out there. It was awesome. Because Danny, for the most part, had a high pitch. So it was funny when he did that voice, dude. Paging Mr. Herman. But yeah, that that movie was so, so good. It's like Three Amigos, dude. We just we watched it way more than we should. Have. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh, so classic. First thought when I read the news that he passed away, when Paul Rubens passed away, was like, man, he was so fantastic and blow. He was. Was <laughs> like like yeah, he played he played like a, a drug dealer or like he, like a, a hairdresser in Los Angeles. Uh, blow is like a crime. Based on a true story, crime thriller with with Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp and the, and the girl um, Penelope Lopez. Cruz, and and it's a, it's a based on a true story. It's based on this guy who kind of brought uh, cocaine to to North America. It has a subplot with Pablo Escobar and um, Paul Rubens played like kind of the West Coast Californian 
uh, hairdresser who helps him sell marijuana first, but then cocaine. And he's so terrific in it, you know. And I really thought that that was going to be the the launch of his second half of his career. And it, you know, it it did in a way, but I mean. I just remember loving him and blow so much and going, wow, this guy is much more than just Pee Wee Herman. He is a really is a character actor, a great character actor. And I just wanted him to really succeed. And, you know, he, like we said before, you know, if you look at his film credits, he did have, he has a long list of film credits and, and TV shows and voices and stuff. So he, he has a, you know, a healthy, uh, robust career, but I just really wanted him to become better known. Yeah, pop than, again. Like, yeah, yeah. What do they call it? Uh, not a second, the uh, you know the uh, yeah when re- regis- you, renaissance uh, like yeah. a uh, polisance or whatever. But yeah, like yeah, just a reinvention and yeah. But you know, it's so funny. I remember, I remember you being hyped to for Blow, and us watching it in the movies. Yeah, yeah. And dude, I remember loving that movie until the scene where they're in the car and trying to get, and she rats him out for the coke, right? Mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the cop, the mother. You talking about the mother? instantly fucking at that point i was like i fucking hate this movie i don't know there's something about the way she did it where i was like i could see somebody doing that shit to me like fuck like she was so horrible in that one moment and i i want to say that i saw it one more time maybe like at home you know what i mean Uh but i've only seen it those two times and i'm sure i remember him in it right paul rubens but I have to check out his scene again, but I just remember that one scene ruining the movie for me. It was, and it was probably because it was so good. It just—it's like my mom with um, eye for an eye. Yeah. Uh, the part where there was a part with um, Sutherland, and my mom hated the movie because he was so good, and after that she hated him. Like she wouldn't watch anything with Kiefer Sutherland because oh, she Kiefer. said, oh. "Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland," because yeah, he was like the KKK guy. Time, time to and the kill. The person. Yeah, time to kill. Or I, I, time to kill. Whatever. One of those movies. She, she swears that it was so good acting that he wasn't acting, <laughs> and so she refused mm-hmm. to watch him in anything else. Like mommy being ridiculous. But you, you, and I did the you, same you, thing. You blow. picked up that the trait too. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's in the blood, man. Because <laughs> I, I, dude, same thing with Richard Gere. Right. In Eternal Affairs, <laughs> we talked about son this of before. a bitch. I hate Richard Gere now. <laughs> He can't do nothing but stay out of movies for me. <laughs> like, yeah, like my wife, the officer and gentleman, I will refuse to watch that with her. But yeah, but I, I did. Yeah, I don't blow. But yeah, I know what you're saying, though, because he, he's so good that he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have ever got out of the limelight. Like, I'd seen him recently, and it was so funny that he passed because I saw him recently, and I love the movie, What We Do in the Shadows, and I watched the TV show. And, and the TV show at first didn't work for me, but then it grew on me, and, and I loved it. And he was on there as one of the elder vampires. And so I'm like, holy shit, it's Paul Rubens. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, that's so cool. Because I hadn't seen him in so long. And it was, I just felt so good. Okay, I'm like, cool. Like, get him on as many little things as you can. Yeah. And then somebody, like, it's one of those things where if he could show up in more of these, then people are going to start to remember him. And then someone's going to put him in something big. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, get some more exposure, man. Get your face out there more so they can start putting you in more shit and then bigger shit. You know what I mean? Because he's he's way too good to not. I don't know he's way too good to be on the sidelines. Yeah, that's what I felt too. And, and he has appeared in different t- TV shows, and I know he was an. Epi- but not enough. <laughs> yeah, he was an episode of Every- Everyone Loves Raymond. I remember that. Yes, yes. He was uh, in Thirty Rock. He had a really great uh, character in Thirty Rock as like a 
I never really watched that show. Dude, someone put up like, all the best scenes in that in that episode of all him, and he's oh, fucking hilarious. So good. He's so hilarious. I have to, I have to look that up. He's, he's basically playing an anemic, uh, I don't know, European royal leader. You know, and it's all pure sketch comedy. You know, he's doing a character. Oh, nice. <laughs> you, did you watch Reno Nine One One? No, he no. has like an occurring role as okay. You know, uh, God, Nick Schwartzen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's on that show slash, and he's in the movies where he plays like a prostitute, like a male <laughs> yeah, yeah, prostitute. Yeah, right, right, right. And Pee Wee Herman plays his rich dad. <laughs> so he only showed up in a couple episodes, and then he was in the movie. But he bought him an airplane for for Arbor Day. So it's just like, <laughs> and nobody believes the guy. And then Paul Rubin shows up in the plane. I don't know. It's weird. But I'm yeah. saying, like, yeah, like that's too small of a role. He should have bigger morals. Yeah, he's he had the chops. He had the chops, and I don't know what it was. Maybe it, it must be a typecasting because every time you see him, like I make that mistake of not even saying Paul Rubens. I said, "Dude, it's Pee Wee." You right, know what I mean? Right? Maybe. Yeah. It's just so it's kind of it, it's something that, and maybe it's that arrest. You know, they ha- still have that stigma, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think I, I I'm a, I'm shocked when you hear these people dying, and now all the praise comes out. I'm like, man, where the praise? <laughs> why would the praise start now that he's dead? Especially you know? from like the Hollywood community. It's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Don't wait till he dies to yeah. be like, oh, you know, we miss him. He should have been in more. No, you had the power. <laughs> like I could say he should have been in more shit all day long. I don't make movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't mean shit when I say it, but when you say it, you could have done something, right? Hey, anyway, that was. Uh... Just our thoughts on on Paul Rubens, you know, someone who a beloved person in our lives who passed away. Maybe we're adding to this shit because we're we should start appreciating people that are still alive. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well, That's a, uh, dude, and then we do it, and they start the ones we do die, and we become, we become <laughs> the bad bad omen. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to, to be on our show. <laughs> okay, you know, let's keep waiting until they die. So that was our kind of thoughts on Paul Rubens again. Uh, you know, uh, one of our dearest figures of, of childhood i think Wee herman will, will definitely live on in our minds and memories i think it's a, a figure of a certain time of comedy a, a marker of like really thoughtful craftsmanship even though it was silly and subversive and satirical when you hear people pass on i feel my, i feel myself reflecting on, on on my my own life, unfortunately, maybe that's just I'm selfish <laughs> or something. But no, I think everybody does that. Dude. And but also uh, from that reflection, you get this uh, immense appreciation of living through a time where we did get to see someone like Paul Rubens, then characters like Pee Wee Herman, you know. Uh, and I think it's up to us, our at least our generation, to really come out and say that and, and appreciate it because you don't want other people from different generations to say to to have their take because. I think we have a much closer relationship to it, you know? Yeah, I think for sure if I made a time capsule of my life, he's in it. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely a part that would be dedicated to Pee-wee and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like, it's it's one of those things where, uh, even if you don't think about it every day, it's what I think it kind of helped shape my life and what what I consider not just funny, but maybe for sure like the formula to make very good movies you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like yeah he, he just i don't know it's like i appreciate what he did for for my psyche as far as like when i watch something like putting together whether or not i like it and 
what's funny and what's not funny and how far you can go. I think when we talk about a lot of these people who are passed on, you know, I was thinking about Ivan Reitman. We did a whole episode on Ivan Reitman and, you know, how much his movies and, and his comic sensibilities, and I think you could apply this to Paul Rubens, is that those movies like, really shaped how we think comedy is and supposed to be and what makes it, you know, what what is funny. And, 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 and it comes from these people. It comes from these 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 great comic geniuses. And yeah, it's like I appreciate their influence. Yeah, because you know I mean? they have they formed us. They 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 are our teachers. They are the ones who form us about comedy and 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 what it is to be silly. You know, yeah. and um, and the difference between silly, stupid, and silly funny. Yeah, and I think we and for I think, sure. And certainly, as we get older, we know the difference. You know, we know we know what works and what doesn't work, and it's because of the, you know. We experienced it with with these people. It's 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 you know it's a somber moment to 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 reflect on Paul Rubens, but it's also a time to celebrate too. And I just really appreciate what he has done and what he has yeah, given us. Dude, honestly, the world's a better place for what he's contributed for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. All right, that concludes this episode of uh, Terror Tinos. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we're back. And we're going to be continuing with the podcast. Back, back and healthier. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. Yes. And we're going to be hopefully get a, a you know schedule down and we'll have more co- on a regular basis, uh, put out more episodes uh, throughout the year. All right, everyone. Thank you for uh, for taking your time to, you know, to listen to what we have to say. And uh, you know, hopefully go if you haven't seen some of those those movies or, or t- television appearances that Paul Rubens uh, performed in. Take a time and then check it out and or watch the clips on YouTube or whatever. Just take a time and really appreciate the who who this guy was because I think this guy was brilliant. Yeah, everybody needs a little peewee in their life. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, exactly. <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, if you are live, you if you like this episode, go ahead and listen to our previous episodes. Uh, we're available everywhere on every uh, podcast platforms: iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. Uh, Google has one, I think. I forgot. You know, I don't know. Everyone, everyone has it. Everyone has a, everyone has a kind of a platform, and we're on them. We're we're available. Terror Tinos, thank you for listening to us, and we'll be back very soon. Uh, yes. Yeah, so have a good day. Take it easy. Boom. <laughs>